This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Wherever you may be listening, thank you for joining us on another edition of At The Turn. Young Nicholas, the golf season is here for some right around the corner for others. Are you feeling it? I'm feeling it, Joe. I've been living in 50-something degree weather for the last week, which is prime golf weather for me this time of year. So let's get this thing going. Okay. Well, we're going to bring in Justin Smoot, PGA professional. In Key West, his life is pretty good. We're going to learn. We're going to talk to him, get his opinions. I have a very self-serving specific question that I'm excited to ask him. Nick has more general stuff. We're going to get you prepared. We're going to get you ready for the 2020 golf season. But before we bring in Smoot, Nick, I thought I would tell you about my round to open 2020. Not just blow-by-blow, shot-by-shot thing. Oh, come on. I think that's what the fans want, Joe. So That bunker on 16 wasn't raked. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, we've played a lot of golf together. Um, if you had, if you had to pick one word to describe my golf game, what would what would you pick? Roller coaster. Yeah, erratic is what I would. Is erratic. What I would use. Okay, I love it. So I'm out at my home course. Very cold day, but it's clear. No rain. It's posting season, baby. March first is when mm. it starts, and damn it, if we didn't play at 9 a.m. that day. Horrible start. Little uh, six over through four. Rebound a little bit, make a birdie, make a par, make two more birdies. I had a 39, making one par on the front nine. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. you're, not then, a, you're not a uh, proponent of the pars. It's birdies and bogeys all day. It's Look, it's going to be fun no matter what happens. Then on the backside, it was a little more stable. I'm flirting with breaking 80, which was my goal. I get to, it's funny you said that, the par 416th at Glendivere East, <laughs> 265 yards. I put it on the green. Put it on the green. 20 nice. feet away for eagle. I'm thinking, okay, here we go. This is a great because got a par 5 coming up, short par 4 to finish. I think, let's rip off three birdies in a row. So, eagle putt, 20 feet. Couldn't get the speed all day, Nick. Bad speed. <sighs> so, of course, it's an eagle. You never leave an eagle putt short, damn it. Oh. So, I burn the edge. I never do. I, I, I burn the edge. Goes five feet by. No Uh-oh. big deal. I got five feet for birdie. <laughs> well, my thought is, you know, we got to put some steam on this one to take the break out of it. <laughs> well, I took the break out of it all right. I hit it six feet past. So now I'm staring at a six-foot par putt. 
which doesn't even sniff the hole. <laughs> I had my first career four putt bogey. Four putt bogey. So you're standing over that second putt. Joe Simons, five feet for birdie. <laughs> and then the next one, Joe Simons, six feet for par. <laughs> I did have a tap-in bogey. It was a no-stress five <laughs> on par for 16th. Tap-in, four-putt bogey. I mean, Nick, to kind of illustrate where my uh, driver game is right now, I think I hit the driver 10 times. I hit zero fairways, but two greens. I drove two greens <laughs> and hit zero fairways. That um, is classic. Fired an eventful 82. Um, so yeah, I got some, I got some stuff to work on. I hit two fairways with, with a couple irons. I had 38 putts. So room for improvement is how I would describe (laughs) my opening round of the season. Well, Joe, you've come to the right place. Um, we've had smooth on this show before and I can't wait to do it again. I have, I have made a commitment not to refer to him by his first name because I've never known him by anything other than smooth in the last time. We had him on. All I would call him was his, his first name. So I'm just going with Smoot or Smooty all day because because that's that's the true Smooty. When you got a name like Smoot, it's what <laughs> you got to be called. Exactly. That's your handle, baby. Exactly. Do we bring uh, him in? Let's bring him in. Fans, it's the moment you've been waiting for since the last time he appeared on this show. Got PGA professional Justin Smoot from Key West Golf Club. He just got done telling us how tough it is living down there in Key West, being on a golf course every single day. Smoot, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Nick. <laughs> Joe yeah. and I don't have the fortune that you do. We've been up north you know, with our with our coats on, our jackets, putting our toes by the fire for the last six months. Uh, but the light at the end of the tunnel for winter is near and we're going to need you to help us shake off the rust going into this golf season. You think you can do that a little bit? I can probably help you out. Now, Smoot, before we get going, you should know you are the second returning guest we've had on At The Turn. The first is Maurice Allen, long drive champion. So you're in pretty rarefied air here. Honored. Honored. (laughs) It's an honor to be here. Um, Okay, so... I'm going to ask a very specific question about my own game because I think it's going to definitely help me, but also other folks out there. So when I have a long off season, my tendency is to take the club very upright. And I never have a problem with the short irons. That's the strength of my game. But when you expand that out to a driver, fairway woods and longer irons, baby, it gets a little wonky. So I know I have to turn behind the ball more and rotate my body as opposed to swinging up and down. What is a good drill or way that I can really focus on making a turn while staying upright? Because I also have a tendency to sort of dip down when I turn behind the ball. So what would be your best advice or perhaps a drill that I and the folks out there could work on to improve that? Uh, Joe, it's a good question. One of the things that happens and the reason you take it too upright is your arms actually get separated from your body. Um, so I don't know if you're familiar with the towel underneath the left armpit drill that keeps you connected and makes sure you have a good turn and it also helps get your club on plane and your backswing. So that would be what I would recommend to you. Yeah, that's the one I see VJ doing all the time on the range where he's got the towel under the pit and he's doing work out there. So am I am I leaving the towel under the pit and doing the full swing, or am I doing that with short clubs or everything? I would start very short, 
and then work your way up to the full swing. Okay. Just so you have that feeling of connect connectivity between your between your arms and your body moving at the same time. Okay, Nick, that's that's a good simple one to start with. I like it. I feel like I just shaved a stroke off my game we've, there. We've lost Joe for the rest of the episode. He's going <laughs> to the bathroom to raid the uh, linen closet. But uh, <laughs> all right, so I'm gonna make it a little bit more broad for you. But we're gonna stay on the same kind of topic. Uh, I'm gonna go out probably sometime in the next ten days in in start get my golf season started and I'm going to look at my scorecard at the end of the day. And I'm going to say like, if I could just do this one thing better, like I would have shot 10 strokes better. But like, if you had to look at I mean, you look at golfers all the time. What's overwhelmingly the thing, if you could improve one aspect of, of the average double digit handicap players game, what, what would you tell those people generally speaking to focus on? Play to your strengths. Know what your strengths and play to them. Okay. <laughs> I think I think I feel like and I don't really have any statistical evidence to back this up. I feel like putting is my strength. Like it takes me eight shots to get on the green. <laughs> I'll, make, I'll make that putt for nine. <laughs> so I should just tee it forward. <laughs> that's what you're saying. Well, I was thinking more along the lines of course strategy, Nick, but uh <laughs> For you, probably go work on your ball striking a little bit. <laughs> well, so okay. we'll talk about that a little bit. Elaborate on core strategy because I think that's a thing that is very underrated. You know, folks see a par five and it's say it's sub 500 and they assume they have to hit driver three wood as opposed to maybe hitting three iron, hitting five iron, hitting eight iron. Is that, is that the kind of thing you're talking about? That is the kind of thing I'm talking about. Um, Always a good way to do it is play the hole backwards in your head, as if you were starting from the green to get to the tee box. That tends to help. Um, but, yeah, just know where your strong points are to your game. Play, play it to them. If you know that you're good with a wedge in your hand, hit it to 100 yards. Knock it up there and make a couple putts. Okay. Walk with a good score. So this is, this is something that, like, in December or January, I told myself I was going to do. And I don't know. I want to get your take on if it's a good idea an okay idea or a terrible idea. And I don't, I've read it. Like I either heard it. I don't know. I heard it somewhere or read it somewhere. Or overheard somebody talking about it. I'm going to pick like three or four yardages with irons that I just love. When I go to the range, I'm going to pick, I'm going to work on those three or four yardages. And then I'm going to try as many times as possible throughout the course of my round to play to those yardages. Uh, Nick, I love that idea. I oh. think that's, idea game changer let's go <laughs> i gotta pick the yardages because right now i'm not good for many but like i'm thinking like if i can spread it out you know like 100 120 1 and 170 i don't know who knows all right smoot i i'm not like nick i'm not the putter <laughs> nick is i uh I just recounted before you got on i had a four putt bogey my man i need i need help right now desperately what are some ways that I can not wait two months before my putting comes around in this golf season? I want to enjoy some spring golf, man. It always feels like my putting and short game doesn't come around until June or July when I get a lot of reps in. I know generally practice is probably a good idea for the short game, but are, are there any cheat codes out there? Can you give me any tips and tricks for putting, chipping, just general short game stuff, things that I can think of early on in the season? Uh, Joe. 
one of the easiest ways to get better is to mentally practice yourself. Just mentally practice, mentally go over the shots that you're going to hit and the feelings that you're going to need to replicate on the course to hit them and just chip around a little bit in your house or your backyard. Because yeah, there's, really... there's no substitute for feeling it, right? It's not yeah. like I'm just going to wake up and have 29 putts the next round I go out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've heard a couple of different philosophies on, on the short game. So there's one school of thought that's you should have one short game stroke and take a different club depending on if you need to play it high, play it low, play more run, less run, whatever it is. And there's another school of thought that's just use one club around the greens all the time and just be really comfortable with that club. Which one do you subscribe to and sell? Well, you got 14 tools in your bag. I think you should be able to use them all at some situation, including around the green. Um, you got all those clubs there. For a <laughs> <laughs> all <laughs> right. Some different shots with them. Yeah, Love Smoot, it. I got a buddy who's all hot and bothered for the bump and run these days. I mean, you get him just right off the green, my man's pulling out a six iron and trying to roll that thing up to the hole. But for the life of me, I can't figure that shot out. <laughs> I find it – I would rather take a lob wedge than do that shot, even if I'm like 30 yards away, even though it's technically the low percentage shot. Are you an advocate generally of the bump and run, or is it totally a situational thing? Uh, for me, it's a situational thing. I think it's a situational. You can't hit a shot you aren't comfortable with on the golf course. That just leads to disaster. <laughs> You're telling me. I've, I've, I've been trying to force a lot of draws. I don't hit a draw, and yet when I get to the end of my round, I'm like, all right, baby, let's let's make a full <laughs> turn and hit a draw here. And it doesn't happen. I'm, I'm, I, I guess maybe I'm trying to practice too much on the golf course because – I can do it on the range. I can hit a draw on the range. And then when I get to the golf course, it's like, well, this, this bad boy is going to start right and it's going to go right. <laughs> How much um, do you say is fitness a factor? If, if I'm going to spend the next, I don't know, two to four to six weeks, you know, prepping for my season, how much, if any, should I focus on fitness? A whole lot. Mm. A great amount. <laughs> now are you talking we like, all know what it's like we all know what it's like to be in the winter and have a couple too many cervezas next thing you know <laughs> the belly gets a little bigger and you can't quite swing the same way <laughs> guilty <laughs> i mean are, are you talking primarily flexibility there smoot or are you talking actually adding some power and trying to look like brooks or bryson out there oh joe you can't look like brooks or bryson <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so so we want to. What do we want to do? We want to add some flexibility. Want to add some some muscle mass in our, in our legs or in our arms. Where do we where do we want to focus on? We want to maintain flexibility. We want to keep stretching during the off season. It gets hard to get those muscles back loose, and you never know. The older you get, the harder <laughs> it is to stay flexible. I'm sure you know that, Nick. <laughs> I've been doing my yoga. <laughs> All right, let's well, How do I actively? activate the glutes because tiger's always trying to activate them glutes so what do i i'm just trying to be like tiger out there man what do i do to activate the glutes and what does that actually mean oh i haven't quite figured that one out i just try <laughs> to flex my butt muscles as i swing sometimes that works <laughs> all right so we're we're in the year 2000 2020 i, I should say <laughs> Why, <No. 2K>? oh. <laughs> 
or in uh, 2020, being a PGA professional, um, do you do these like apps where people can film their swing, like the Uber of golf coaching, where they can film their swing and send it to you, and you're like part of the subscription, and and you provide them feedback? Um, I don't, but I do have some software that allows people to send me their swing uh, via email, and then I can download it into an app and basically the v1 golf app is what it's called and then from okay. there dissect it okay so so i can like can i go on this app and become one of your students or it's just people who you work with at your club who then can send you stuff through the app uh, right now it's people i can work with at the club okay so what's at the club What's your take on that whole technology is it is it as effective as a one-on-one lesson is it a good kind of um, way to bridge the gap between lessons. What's um, you know? What's your take on all that? I think it's a great way to bridge the gap. Um, anytime you can get some more information coming from you, especially if I'm far off, you know, you can't always be there for a lesson. But and it also gives you a chance to go back and look at. You have a reference to what you're looking at with your golf swing, and you can play side by side videos and things like that. Where uh, where you're where your swing is at now from where it was, which I think is a very useful tool. So you can see progress when it comes to stuff like that. Smoot, something I tend to see, um, and for some reason it's with higher handicappers. They always got the smartphone out. They always got the wristwatch. They're always tracking every tiny little thing. And I always think to myself, ah, man, if you were more focused on actually playing golf, than keeping track of your golf, I think you would have more success. Is that a thing you notice that folks are more interested in tracking their golf game than improving their golf game? Uh, yeah, I would say that's probably pretty accurate. We got all these gadgets and gizmos out there, and sometimes you look at all the fancy technology and you forget to enjoy the spirit of the game of just being outside and playing a little golf with your buddies, you know? That's the thing, man. I'm more of a grip it and rip it kind of guy. Like, I got the little wristwatch. I like I like knowing how many putts I have so I can beat myself up for the next week before my next round comes and that kind of stuff. Healthy behavior. But I also want to just get out there and play the game. I, I feel like we get so lost in some of this stuff that we aren't actually focusing on feel. Like, I, I, I'm going to sound like a caveman. I concede all of this technology helps with, you know, Swing speed and ball speed and launch angle. Obviously, all of that is great for dialing in the game and clubs and these sorts of things. But I almost worry that if it goes too much in that direction, the finesse aspect of it, the you're underneath a tree and have to hit a low hook, but you've never practiced that shot, that sort of stuff is kind of going away. Am I, am, am I just old man on my lawn right now? Yeah, you're a little bit old man on your yard right now. <laughs> But, uh, no, you aren't wrong. <laughs> You're not completely wrong. Um, especially now you see uh, with everybody on TV bombing it, you know, the shot shaping's not there. Um, we kind of have lost a little bit of creativity with the game. But uh, it's still there, still a major part of the game, especially if you're not on TV and you're not hitting the ball 330 yards down the middle every time. See, Nick, this is the year we get creative, baby. Come on now. <sighs> I know. Well, I was just going to ask him about how much, how much can the like TrackMan data hurt, and how much can it help? Because um, 
if, if you go take five shots on a track man and you see your smash factor is 1.2 you're okay i need to strike it better but you might not necessarily have that information if you're just beating balls on a range specifically um i don't know how how much how important is that data um for better or for worse um i think it's all an individual basis it goes how the individual learned joe i'm like you i'm a field player you know i don't need i don't need the numbers that's not what's important to me i like to see the shot feel the shot pull off the shot hit the shots for some people they're very numerical driven they want to know that smash fast factor they want to know the launch angle so i think it's great for um the more tools you have obviously the more successful you have an opportunity to be um especially with the uh bonus information that like trackman and launch monitors give you you get to feel the difference and see the result angle how high it goes what the spin ratio is for um but once again it's all comes down to individuality you know golf is a great individual game we all learn a little bit differently we all play a little bit differently we all have our different styles out there which is part of what makes it so much fun yeah i asked Moot. i follow club pro guy on twitter i don't know if i assume you're familiar i don't know um but every but- what's that I said I haven't caught him, but go ahead. Man. Oh my god, it's hilarious. <laughs> um, well, basically, it's like a, a guy posing as an assistant golf professional who who just uh, you know, like he put out videos like how to, how to get away with you know hitting one out of bounds and then pretending like you found it. Like basically, just just mocking all the the members. Um, anyways, what what guy at the club should Joe and I definitely not be? Like when we show up at our club, what's the most obnoxious type of person who comes through those doors? Oh, that we man. should definitely try to avoid. Bro, I live in Key West. I see it all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> probably the really drunk guy that's late for his tea time. Probably that one. Don't be that guy. <laughs> what about clothing? I mean, Key West, man, you must see everything from clothing out there. I mean, are people trying to get jeans on the course? Is it cut off shirts or is it the other direction where people are dressed in like these insane, fancy, expensive outfits? I, uh, well, I got a little saying with our dress code. It's Key West. We're just happy that you have clothes on. (laughs) (laughs) That's Oh man. I love that. Um, okay. Nick, I gotta, I gotta get to the question I want to ask Spoon. I think I know the answer, but I'm, I'm curious. All right, so I faced a little dilemma. Um, I have a typical foursome that I go out with, and we fired up the group chat because posting season starts in March. We wanted to get out day one, grab this season by the horns, and just, and just wrangle it. So we agree. We have our tea time. We're all set. And then one of the guys in the group said, hey, my buddy wants to join. You guys have a problem with that. And it was silent, it was silent, it was silent. And then someone chimed up and said, yeah, I got no problem with that. And as soon as I said that, I said, guys, look, if we want to go out to some podunk course when we know no one's going to be out there, if it's like 100 degrees, that's one thing. But going out and trying to have a fivesome on a Sunday morning, I just cannot imagine anyone being okay with that. And this course is littered with grumpy old men as starters. That's the number one requirement to be a starter at this golf club. You have to be a grumpy ass old man. So 
I mean, under no circumstances, right? Uh, that's not necessarily true. At Key West here, we allow five sums, but your ass better keep up. Really? Yeah, yeah. As long as you can keep up, it's all right. But uh, the optics of it can be pretty daunting out there, especially, uh, you know, you guys are living in probably a little more stricter area than myself here. Or uh, rules and guidelines. Sounds like I gotta get down to Key West, man. It sounds like anything goes. Yeah. What is Key West, Smoot? Can you talk a little more about where you live? <laughs> oh man. Um, I don't know. I mean, I've I've come across like five, six, seven, eight sums, but like random time when it's like I remember one day I was playing around and it was Sunday at like. I don't know, 7.30 in the evening. You know, there was nobody else really on the course. It was like two or three groups of like high school kids who had all met up. And I was a single. And they, they had just like met up on like the, the second to last hole. And they let me through. And I was I remember waiting to tee off. It was a par three. And I'm like, how many people are up there? It was like a whole class of like a high school class. And I walked up to the next tee and they had just let me play through. But um, it was pretty ridiculous. But I don't know. So I wouldn't say no circumstances. Um, I've seen tournaments where, where they'll have five sums, like a, a pro and four amateurs, um, just to kind of crank them out there. Um, but Sunday morning, Sunday morning at the, uh, at the public course, no way. Sunday morning opening weekend is a little tough to, to swing. So did you I'll... play with five? No, we didn't. I, I put the no. kibosh on it and then no one responded. And I was like, okay, good. That means we're not going to do this because no one responded. But I like your philosophy, Smoot. It's just if you have your shit together, maybe pull it off. But otherwise, just be cool, guys. Play with four. Nothing worse than yeah. looking up to the group ahead of you and seeing three golf carts. Oh, that was so so, Smoot, I'm curious. I don't want to put you in the spot too much, but I always wonder this about PGA pros. Like, did you get into it because your golf game was at a certain level and you wanted to teach sometimes, but you also wanted to compete? Do you have to sort of, like, decide that you're going to be one of the PGA pros that plays in a lot of tournaments or that you're going to be a PGA pro who wants to teach and you really enjoy instructing and that's what you're gearing towards? Or can you have a little bit of both? Uh, you can find you can find some balance, especially depending on where your career path leads. Um, obviously, being down in Florida Keys, tournament golf is not that uh, abundant here. The nearest course to me is about 180 miles away. So, um, <laughs> but uh, but I do and love I do love teaching. I love growing the game. I love instructing the game. Um, this year, I got to be the high school coach for the Key West high school team, which was pretty cool, which was a great honor, and that was that was awesome. Do you, um, you and Billy Myers have a high school golf coach <laughs> group chat going on? We're going to have to set up a grudge match, I think, Idaho versus Florida or something here. Seriously. Just that's meet in the middle playing like Kansas. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> you guys can do the radio. We'll do it. I mean, like a lot of fun. I feel like we've gotten a lot of really good tips, but honestly, my biggest takeaway from this conversation is I got to get my ass down to Key West, Florida. Yeah. You really do. You really how, do you get, how do you get to Key West? You just fly to Miami and then take a bunch I'll of bridges? Fly, come on, fly right into Key West, man. I'll be there in a the car to pick you all up. <sighs> Dude. <laughs> I'm going to look at some dates. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, this is amazing. Nick, what else do you have for Smoot here? 
Well, we we put out to our fans on social media that we were going to have a uh, renowned PJ professional on our next episode. And what questions did they want answered? Um, so our first question from our uh, from our social media: What's the best way to approach driving range sessions? That's a good question. Um, first off, you got to go out there with a plan, whatever that plan is for you to work on something that day. Don't go out there my practice practice is the worst practice um second all try to play the course in your mind that you're practicing for by hitting your shots play it out there on the range hit driver you think you hit it well hit the wedge that you would have into the green that's usually a pretty quick way to get uh the most out of your practice there on the range okay so like carry a notebook okay what are you what are you putting in this notebook (laughs) (laughs) anything that anything that you find of value anything that you find out there that you find a value that you want to come back to later so maybe a feel or maybe whatever it is a shape yeah some thought thought that got in your mind just write it down that way you don't forget it and you can kind of come back to it god i gotta tell you guys i have been thinking about doing that and not actually doing it for like two years now because i go to the range and i'm like or i warm up and i think okay this is the thing i'm doing when it all goes wrong on six i gotta pull this back out and remember what the hell i'm doing and i never do and then the drive home i'm like well why didn't we turn a little bit more because that's what we knew we had to do I'd love to be in Joe's head after he looks at his stats after a round of golf. It's just yeah. like a lot of fun. That four putt bogey, I'm going to get over in 2023. It's it's going to be a long time for that one. Yeah. <laughs> four putt bogey. Um, this is an interesting one. Uh, it's not even a question, but I think you can answer it anyways. Pain in arms from first driving range session. <laughs> <laughs> Pain in arms, first driving rate session. Drink another beer? It's <laughs> great. I love it. Um, and the, the next one, and the last one, is a response to the person who had pain in their arms. Um, how to avoid pulling the muscles in my lower left ribcage area? <laughs> Dr. Smoot. <laughs> I don't know if this says more about the audience of At The Turn. Or... <laughs> some nuanced questions we have here. Drink more? Drink, drink more. I love it. Drink more water? That's probably the answer to everything. Just just drink more beer, probably. Period. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I have a quick question for Nick before we, uh, we wind things down. Um, now, Nick, <laughs> what's the one thing in your bag that you use the most in a round? Would you say? Mm. I was in my putter. 18 one putts, baby. Smoot, what's the thing you use most when you're out on the golf course during a round? Putter. Putter. Mm. Guys, you're dead wrong. The real answer is your range finder. All golfers need a range finder they can trust. They need to know the precise distance to their target for every shot. Got great news at the turn. Proud partner with Precision Pro Golf. Uh-oh. You can get range finders 
10 or $20 off, depending on the time of year. If there's a, a sale on, you get 10. If not, you're getting 20. It's a screaming deal either way. Use coupon code at the turn at checkout because it's 2020. This is the year we swing with confidence. We hit more greens and we do it with Precision Pro Golf. Joe, that was a beautiful plug-in. That, that was incredible. Very organic. Oh, <laughs> hey, uh, what inspired getting married in Ireland? Um, I gotta give uh, I gotta give all the credit in the world to uh, my fiance on that one. She came up with that idea. Yeah, did, yeah. Does she? Is she uh, Irish? Does she know it's the birthplace of golf. Does she? Does she, <laughs> she? She's not gonna see you <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> she does. I have I have full permission for the week beforehand to play as much golf. Oh my god! As I possibly can. So incredible. Bring well, the stick, boys. Early, early <laughs> congratulations to you, Smooth. That's that's incredible. And I do have to ask you. Um, now you remember Nick and Ashley got married. That's right. Yeah, we were both there. Um, <laughs> so, do you remember Lacey, the gal that I was with? I do. Okay, you two shared a bus ride together. She said she was very happy. She sat next to you. You guys had a great conversation. She swears you would have no recollection of this whatsoever. And I said, I guarantee Smoot remembers this. I do. I do. I remember it. See, she's listening right now. Lace, I told, I knew Smoot's good people. I knew he'd remember that. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, Smoot, thanks for joining us. Um, uh, thanks for having me, man. Got to awesome. get out of here because I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a video of my swing in like four minutes. <laughs> I already have a towel under my arm. Thank you so much, Smoot. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Love being on. Thanks for having me. There awesome. he is, Justin Smoot. Professional at Key West Golf Course. What a what a guy, Nick. Just 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 an absolute pleasure. Great to have him on. It's an annual tradition. Smooth. I'll see you in uh, I'll see you in Ireland. Ireland. <laughs> All right. Take care, buddy. Uh, so so Nick, is that is that I have I have nothing else. I mean, what more can we do? We learned about Key West. We learned about the golf swing. It sounds like hydration and other forms of beverages are the main thing to do when you have any sort of soreness out on the golf course. Yeah, I mean, my, my two biggest takeaways are um, make a plan on the driving range, and uh, I got to get to Key West. I got to get to Key West. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds absolutely incredible. He makes it just sound like a giant, like weird frat party sort of like situation of, of, of if folks have overalls on and they're in sixums, as long as you're keeping up with the group ahead of you, we got no problems down here. Oh, love it. Well, um, I don't know what more we can add. This is this is your winter to spring transition beginning of golf season spring training shall we call it episode of at the turn uh that's all i got joe you know you know what the the name of this episode is the at the turn spring equinox it it officially happened we have turned the the winter is behind us the spring is ahead i can tell your lack of enthusiasm when i dropped that on you means you're <laughs> absolutely was, was, not gonna title the episode joe. Yeah, no, I'm not going to. I, I just, I give you a lot of credit because I, I, I was expecting something incredible, and, and that was pretty good. We'll see. It was below average. <laughs> you know, got the towel. Look at this. I should have, I should have, I should have stopped talking after the Precision Pro read because I'm not going to do better. And if we don't sell a damn rangefinder after that, we've got no chance to do it. <laughs> 
All right, All we'll right, see so, you next time, everybody. See, yeah. see you in a full blown spring. Spring. The, uh, we'll see. You, we'll we'll uh, we'll see him for the players. Right. We're gonna do a players wrap up. Would not miss it for the world. Can't wait. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time at the turn.